Blog Talk Radio. Two black girls. In the mic. Two black girls. In the mic. Welcome to another edition of Two Black Girls in a Mic. I am Elise Stewart, and as I mentioned in the last podcast, we'll be featuring um, different guest hosts, and if you are someone that wants to be on the mic, just holla. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Just use my name, and we'll go from there. Today's special guest is someone that happens to work in the same city that I do, but I will allow her a moment just to tell you who she is and some other things that she's involved in that perhaps you might want to check out. Hey, 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 it's Tamika Bright. I am radio host here. Here in Fayetteville, also have my own radio show podcast on iTunes and iHeartRadio. It's Pink Conversations, Empower, Inform, Inspire. Uh, it airs on Mondays at 2 p.m. You can go back and listen at any time. And uh, if you want to know more about it, you can go on my Facebook page and find Pink Conversations. Tamika, officially uh, welcome to the show. I know she walks a certain walk. I, I believe in God and, and all that and doing right by people, but she may be a little deeper into <laughs> it than I am because uh, I, I can't tell you the last time that I've gone to a church, but when I go, I enjoy myself, particularly if they have a good choir. Do you want to speak on your background a little bit, or do you feel like uh, how you talk and it'll just come out and reveal itself? Church is inside of you, so, you know, we don't always have to go to a building. It's good to do that. It's good to be led, you know, by the pastor or that, you know, because he's the uh, he's the shepherd, but, you know, people get it twisted sometimes, and they think, oh, I, I just got to go to church and I have to be in a building, but the church starts with you. It's inside of you, and it's about having that relationship with God more so than being concerned with the religion. So I just wanted to say that. And I am not one to quote the Bible, but I, I do uh, tend to think of um, uh, how does it go when three or more gather in my name? Uh-huh, when two or more gather in two, my name. Two or more, see, there it I is. In the midst. Yes. Well, here we are having church. <laughs> Hallelujah! But some of y'all are going to say this conversation is sacrilegious because I'm about to reveal today's topic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's a, oh yeah, yeah, but it's out there. There is a challenge, and I'm not sure who started it. Initially, I thought it was a singer Erica Baidu until I saw uh, this girl actually being featured on a blog. She's upset that she's not getting her due credit for having uh, done this challenge. I don't know. Does she really want credit for it? I, d- I guess it depends on which, how you think about the challenge and how you see it. It's um, doing it for the D challenge and doing it for the P challenge. I've seen Erica Baidu do it. Morris Chestnut. And I was actually shocked to see him doing it. And I don't know what he was talking about. He was just looking so sexy in his Instagram <laughs> post that I have no idea what he would do for the P. I do believe he said that he loves it, though. He's a married man, by the way, so I think he was talking about his wife. Several other celebrities are out there doing it. Uh, Gabrielle Union. And I forget the girl. And my friend had the opportunity to meet her down at the uh, Neighborhood Awards uh, in Atlanta. She was like Sanaa Lathan, one of his favorites. Shout out to O'Brien. And the interaction that they had, it didn't go well. He went to shake her hand. She yanked her hand back like, ow, like, like you hurt me. And it's just like changed the way he saw her and she's no longer on his favorite list. So sometimes uh, you idolize people and you think about them a certain way. But once you actually have the interaction, it's, it's changed because they don't add up to what it is and, and what you thought they were. And, and a lot of times in radio, a lot of people expect me to be a big girl. I don't know why. I, do I sound like a big girl? How does a big girl sound? That's the story for another day, though. <laughs> yeah, right. But let us get to this D challenge. First of all, I'm going to assume that you would never do the D challenge. I'd never do the D challenge. 
challenge. <laughs> so what is your take on, on folk doing it? I, I read a, a story, a guy was saying, an article, he just kind of went in on the ladies, in particular saying that black women would never have respect as queens because we put ourselves out there and we do challenges and, and other things like this, twerking and, and so forth. But today's podcast, what are your thoughts on the D challenge? Do you find it funny or are you looking at it from a different page altogether? I'm just finding out about the D challenge, what I think it was last week. I keep seeing it through the news feeds and everything. And I do feel like it is a bit degrading for us, especially as African-American females. We do put ourselves out there in a way that we don't need to. And I think if we really realize who we are and what we carry, we would value ourselves a lot better. You know, I know some people say, oh, it's not that deep. It's just for fun and games. But you putting yourself out there, you're putting it on social media, stuff that's, you know, not going to go away. You know, it's not one of those things where you put it up there, you post it, and you can delete it and take it down. No, it's still going to be out there. And a lot of these people, I know there are a lot of celebrities getting in on it. So that's why people think that it's cool because, oh, a celebrity is doing it. But I feel like we at World, as celebrities, they should use their influence for something a little more positive and not talking about the D challenge or the P challenge. Some things you just need to keep private, you know, and keep to yourself. Okay. And in that same vein, uh, the article um, that I read, the guy, he went on to, um, of course, highlight some of the uh, celebrities, their video posts, uh, most of them via Instagram, but he used the B word. He referred to one of the celebrities as the B word. And then he went on to say one of them was just a follower anyway. Tamika, moving on past the uh, D challenge, let's just slide into relationships a little bit. You are married, right? I am. Just in terms of uh, the challenge itself and, and how we present ourselves, I want you to speak on a page of um, how it was for you, I guess, finding the right person. And, and do you feel like he saw you as, you know, you really were when he met you or were you wearing a mask, which is what I think goes on a lot with social media. <laughs> like, So talk about your experience. Yeah, you're right. It does go on a lot with social media. And with me and my husband, we actually known each other since we were nine years old. We're a year apart. So he was 10 and I was nine. So that definitely made a difference. We were uh, what you call high school sweethearts. Although if you ask him, he'd be like, no, babe, we weren't high school sweethearts because I didn't really date you in high school. And I was like, oh, you didn't? Where was I? <laughs> so, but, um, boy, you, you're talking about people that knew us. They are like, yeah, they knew that it would happen. And they were, you know, glad, I guess, and happy. And it's like about time type of thing because they, they knew that I was so in love with this man. <laughs> <laughs> when I was uh, back in school. And so, uh, yeah, definitely accepting me for who I am. He knows. I always say, you know, I could say, hey, babe, I'm just going to go out and sell toilet paper for a living. And he'd be like, okay, cool. I got your back. You know, he is super supportive of everything I do. And I do many things. So um, he's very supportive of that. And I think that is important in, in, in accepting me for who I am. It's that whole 80-20 rule. And that does, I think that does apply in a relationship. And what I mean by that is there, you know, there's not 100% of me that he likes and I'm okay with that the, the 80% of it is what keeps us together the 20% is like okay that's just who she is and vice versa the 20% okay that's just who he is and you keep it moving nowadays people are getting married and they're getting divorced sooner than they're getting married and it's like what's the point if you are not going to stick it out this is just my opinion you know I, my husband and I we came to the understanding that we were not um, going to get a divorce that was just not in our no matter what it was till death do us part. We feel that marriage is a death sentence. And that is what, you know, that's what we stick to. So if you look at, look at our, you know, our ancestors or just our grandparents, 
our parents in general who's been married for 50, 60 something years. His grandparents have been married for over 60 years. It's a long time, you know, and they got married when they was like 15 to 16 years old. And now, you know, kids are getting married at 20s and being divorced by the time they're out of their 20s. So we just got to take marriage. It's a it's a serious thing. It's it's a it's a lifetime commitment. Girl, that, that was cute. Right now, I'm currently a single woman. And the reason I thought about the topic that I chose for this podcast, by the way, was because I was thinking, first of all, I'm not going to go on online and post talking about what I do for the D. Because right now, at this point in my life, it ain't too much I'm going to do for it. It's, it's all about uh, who's attached to the D. I've uh, come across some interesting people along the way, I'll say uh, in the past two years, some on the side of entertainment, some just regular folk. I have a standard for myself. I'm not going to travel to the other area code to meet you, the area code that doesn't even belong to you, because like I've had that thrown uh, at me. And I, I think people will give you what you're open to receive, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I guess my final thoughts on today's topic in this D challenge, if you're out there placing that online, trust and believe. Someone is watching it and maybe they'll decide to approach you later in terms of a relationship or whatever. That post will affect how they come at you. Kid you not. So, Tamika, I want to thank you for being on the mic with me today. And I will allow you the platform right now to speak on whatever it is that you want to. You can take it back to your podcast. Maybe break that down a little bit more and tell us what it is that uh, you're doing there and what people can expect to hear once they tune in, because I'm sure they're going to go in and check you out after this. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Again, it's Tamika Bright and my show is Pink Conversations. Empower, inform, inspire, and those are the topics that we talk about. Again, you can find it on iTunes and on iHeart. Just uh, search Pink Conversations. And we talk about topics that empower, inform, and inspire. I don't do any celebrity gossip, and I don't talk politics. You know, I stay away from that. Try to encourage people, and we try to talk about uh, topics that are going to help people and, you know, put them in a better place and realize who they are and, again, what they carry and and just happy, you know, things. And we do talk about, we do hit some current events as well as they come. But uh, for the most part, again, the topics are empower, inform, inspire. Go to my Facebook page uh, and search pink conversations and i am on instagram at pink conversations underscore tamika bright and watch how i'm gonna tag this now for a word from divine martino with that celebrity news you can use it's your girl divine martino and tamar braxton has revealed that she and tiny are back to being best friends but she had this to say about toya Wright. i had no idea that wasn't my friend i had Mm. no idea that the things that were coming out of her mouth that she really felt that way and about her friendship with monica who she blocked on all social media she had this to say i don't really know her and i've never really known her like i've never been to her house i don't you know I, i knew shannon before i met her no I don't have issue. I can't wait to really, honest, I can't wait to really get to know her because I feel like we have a lot in common. And I guess that friendship is over that quickly between Nene and Kim Zosiak. They was going at it on social media because Kim's daughter, Brielle, uploaded a video accusing Nene of having roaches in her home and Nene went in. She responded by saying that we don't have no roaches. If you found one, you brought it in with you or it fell out of your funky you know. Please know I will get you all the way together when you start effing with me and mine. Oh my gosh, she is savage. Poor Ush Boogie can't catch a break, man. The alleged stalker of his is suing him for $800,000. Her name is Darshell Jones. She wrote like a six-page letter where she claims that she's going to sue him for libel, slandering her name, ruining her reputation and defamation of character, including pain and suffering in relation to wrongful incarceration. She said she didn't know that Usher had a restraining order against her and she violated it because she was unaware. 
and that Bobby Christina biopic that we all want to see on TV One, it's going to air. Bobby Brown and the estate of Bobby Christina lost in court against TV One. They were trying to stop the network's airing of the movie, so make sure you set your DVR to this Sunday, October 8th at 8 p.m. And would you want to see a Rush Hour 4? Well, it may be on the way if Chris Tucker agrees. It's been over 10 years. They've given a green light, and Jackie Chan says it's up to Chris Tucker in his schedule. He said they're both getting old now, so they got to get it done before it's too late. In today's Celebrity Spotlight, it is an interview with Lettucey. I had the opportunity to speak with her recently, and this is how that conversation flows. Hi, Lisa. How are you? I'm feeling awesome. I hope you are, too. Yes, I'm great. Talking to you, you're giving me some light here. <laughs> oh, oh, I know, that's right. Well, listen, I had the opportunity <laughs> to see you recently, and I just wanted to say, because I didn't get a chance to uh, come backstage. I forgot what happened. It was probably something I did, but you were awesome. It was uh, Maxwell, Lila James, and you down in uh, Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina. That was a good show. It was the weather yeah, was funny. nice, the vibe, and then you came out there. Yeah. I feel good now that I got an opportunity to express that fact. So I want to talk oh, a little you. bit about. I want to get to meet you that. You know what? I always say there's tomorrow, so it, it may come around again. I'll be ready next go around. <laughs> Good. So let us cool. let us uh, dig into your past a little bit. Tell folks how you came on the scene. I know it, it looks like uh, something that happens overnight, but we know that's not the case. I'm originally from New Orleans, and at 10 years old, we moved to the Bay Area, which is where I was predominantly raised. And locally, after high school, I started to uh, do theater there, and then I started with a band called Fly Five. And after that band, I started my own band. And I was playing locally around in the clubs and hooked up with a good friend of mine, Sandra Manning, and she and I started writing together, and two women just writing and best friends, and decided, let's uh, get a credit card together and book studio time, do trade with studio time, and ask our friends to come in and record, and that happened with Soul Singer, and that was my first recording, and locally with the Bay Area, they pretty much helped uh, make me into the singer that I am today with the recordings. They supported us big time, and it spread over to Chicago and New York and OB. And it just kept growing. So after a while, though, I put out two independent albums, Feeling Orange, and then a reissue of Soul Singer, of course, with Tommy Boy. But then I got exhausted from the whole thing and was ready to quit and ended up signing with Verve Universal. They had I was doing Broadway, and they had heard about me on the Luther Vandross tribute album. And that's where I was introduced to Verve, which was the same label that said no to me years ago when I was wow, trying to see? sign with the label. But I appreciated their input. They said I was a great singer, so... But years later, they they signed me after watching a show with DC, and it took a year and a half for me to sign my record deal because I wanted to stay an independent artist, unsure of what to do. But I ended up signing. I'm glad I did. I work with Rex right out. We put out my first album with Verve, which was Lost Found, and I immediately was nominated for Best New Artist at the Grammys and Best R&B Album and Best R&B Song. I think, yeah, I think it was three nominations. I'm assuming you were trained because it sounds so perfect, or is that just something, just a natural gift? that you just release. You open your mouth and there it is. Well, I studied classical at eight. I was in with the New Orleans Symphony Chorus with NOCA. Classical was probably the first music I heard. It wasn't our, uh, gospel. I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up around parents who performed locally and had their own band. So I would just study whatever my mom played, which was Willie Nelson and Leontine Price and Dinah Washington. And my stepdad played a lot of Earth, Wind & Fire and funk music. When we moved to uh, the Bay Area is where I started studying classical more. But at the same time, I was studying classical. I was introduced to the Hawkins family, so I was around church folks. <laughs> Started preaching. <laughs> my, my teacher was like, oh, no, where are you mm-hmm. learning this gospel music, you know? <laughs> 
Well, I'm going to tell you, I, I think if someone saw you at church, you were in the choir. They'd be coming in every Sunday because the music moves me in the oh, church. Oh, wow. You know? And I put yeah, the I money in the plate. <laughs> so, so on the lighter side of things, are you married? Are you looking to find the perfect boo? Like, what's going on there with you? And, uh, yeah, just speak on it from that angle. folks. Wanna... Oh, I don't want to talk about any of that. Why? I don't want to talk about any that of our something... personal stuff. That, seems mm-hmm. so, that means something special There's is something going on. There's something you should start saving <laughs> You should save that stuff for yourself. You should. I've learned as you get older, you save some stuff for yourself. And, you know, you can share it when you want it, but you don't have to be clear about it. I think people should focus on the music and worry about their own relationships and not mine. <laughs> See, well, I'm not in one. That's why I was trying to find out what you had going on. <laughs> You hear the music, you'll hear everything. So there you go. There's some lessons in there. All right. And another fun question. Like, I did some things my mom would probably be shocked about, and I told her some of it, and and she looks at me like I can't believe it. Is there anything that you did as a young person and you look back on it and go, like, my goodness, and if my mom and dad knew? Like, can you share one of those stories? Not that I want to tell everybody in the world, though. Oh, mm. This sounds juicy. (laughs) But I've told my mom everything, so she has, she knows the information. Okay. I don't I never lie so lying is not my thing. My eyes tell on me lying just doesn't work. I tried it once and it just doesn't work. So we my sister and I she would say just hold your face together, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because you're going to get us in trouble. Because <laughs> you never, your face always tells on us. So I've just, that's just how I've been since I was little. My face, my eyes will tell on me. My mom and dad knows when we're lying, when I'm lying. <laughs> so and I, and I like that it. as a parent. That's good. Good detective. <laughs> So let us see, before we talk about your music and what people need to be adding to their collection, um, I I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't um, ask some questions for Team Natural. I love your locks. So just mm-hmm. tell us why it is that uh, you started growing. Do you anticipate ever cutting? Like, just give us a little backdrop on why you wear your hair as you do. Well, it's no nothing deep. Everybody thinks it's some deep thing. I just started locking, like, years ago, like maybe over 20 years ago. I started with Bantu Knots, and I'm still with Bantu Knots. I just wanted to do it because it naturally felt good. And I never, I probably had one perm, maybe two perms out of my whole life. And I'd only had maybe five people touch my hair. I don't like everybody in my hair. And I don't like the importance we put on hair. Like, it's just, for me, it's an accessory. It adds to my personality. I love locks. I love Bob Marley locks. The thicker the locks are, the better. The thinner they are, I love them, too. I love coloring them. I love everything about being natural. It's a lot of work. I think it's a lot more work than putting on a wig or a weave, the way I look at people who do it. And I lo- and I did start cutting my hair more than I ever have. I love, I've cut the stack in the the side because I wanted a different look and I just it's heavy it's a lot of weight Mm. you know as you throughout the years and I just wanted something different and I don't you know people I've used coconut oil olive oil uh, natural oils on my hair to keep it shiny and moisturized sometimes I don't wash my hair all the time because I don't manipulate it. I manipulate it so much on the road that when I'm off, I leave it alone and let it grow. Mm. I think we do too much with our hair, so I just let it be free, which is where it's supposed to be anyway in its natural state, just hanging. Um, But, yeah, the importance of it is just let it be a part of your personality. What if it all goes away and all the, the importance you put on your hair? What if something happens and you don't have any more hair? Embrace that part. It's really just about letting it be something that adds 
to your personality. It's you, you are not your hair, as NDRE would say. And I just love that whole concept about it. I've always been like that. Even when I've changed up my hair, I've used it as an accessory to add on to my personality. But if it all went away, I hope you just love me for me, the singer with the big eyes. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yes. But we should always, I know, understand that women, especially black women, that's our crown. But just look at it as an accessory, too, okay. that adds to who you really are. And and most importantly, or, or we want to make sure people know about your music and they own it for themselves. Let's talk about that a little bit, what you're working on, what they need to get their hands on. What is it that you want to say in terms of your music? Well, Let Love Rule is out now. It's an amazing project. I'm very proud of it. It's not as personal. It's more singer-songwriter, where I work with different producers and singers and songwriters that I had never worked with before, right, right out my longtime collaborator who I worked with on all of my recordings, he really pushed me on this one. I wasn't ready really to record, so I'm glad he pushed me into recording again. I wanted to take a longer break and, you know, enjoy life. Because <laughs> when you get into the music part, your life is not your own, really. So I, I'm glad I recorded. It sounds good. I love the different uh, energies of R&B. I love that it feeds the older crowd, my older crowd and my younger crowd at the same time. It's uh, it's great. It, it takes people a while to get some of the music, but the response has been beautiful. People love the whole thing from top to bottom, so I'm glad. I just hope they continue to love it all the way. <laughs> yes. And uh, that's it, really. After you get it, I've already analyzed it and beat myself up about things, but I'm very proud of this album. It was a hard project that sang my butt off on this, so I'm proud of it. Well, let us, we appreciate you uh, sharing time with us, continued success, and, and all of that good stuff. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me and giving me any kind of light. I appreciate it greatly. Thank you so much. Another edition of Two Black Girls in the Mic. If you enjoyed the show, please share it. Pass it on to your family, friends, cousins, all of them. And I tell them that you really appreciated what you experienced. Of course, the goal is to grow our listenership and to make other people feel as you did. Hopefully, you're feeling good on the inside after pressing play. To contact uh, the show, definitely check for us on Facebook. Just search for Two Black Girls in a Mic. You can also get us up on all areas of social media, in particular Twitter and Instagram at Two Black Girls. As for myself, Elise Stewart, your host, well, you can find me using my name. I'm everywhere that you are and where you might need to be to be in the know, okay? Uh, I'll close things out today with a suggestion. One is a good read. Uh, it is called The Hand I Fan With. Uh, beautiful book, Tina McElroy Anza, and I hope I'm saying her name correctly. It is a book that is about a woman that has always had ghosts around her, a spiritual connection, and I'll, I'll say this without telling too much of the book, a ghost reveals himself. He's always been there, and over the years, he's fallen in love with her. Oof! One of my favorite books, without a doubt. For those that don't particularly care to read, but you rather watch, then definitely check out uh, 
I think it's Netflix that this is featured on, Def Jam 25, uh, a great roster of talent, including D.L. Hughley, uh, also featured was Martin Lawrence, Tracy Morgan, just the folks that you love. But I do want to say this without giving out too much. At one point, D.L. Hughley and Dave Chappelle came out on the stage together, and I want to tell you, I watched it via my fire stick, and I rewind that. I, I just did like rewind, rewind, rewind like 12 times because they were so hilarious and the chemistry flowing between them, amazing. I'm thinking a great comedy ticket would be, say, um, comedian Adele, D.L. Hughley, and Dave Chappelle. And I don't know what that would cost. Sounds like it would cost a whole lot of money. But in the meantime, while we wait to see if that will ever happen, definitely check that out on Netflix. I'm out of here. Take care of yourself. Hug somebody and just be nice. Do good. Walk that walk. I'll holla.